Hello and welcome back to Is This Seat Taken, the podcast for those with many places to call home. We discuss what home means to different people and how it affects culture, identity and finding your community wherever you are in the world. Series two concludes with the inimitable Gail Loveshock. Reverend Gail Loveshock is the go-to prosperity teacher helping you unlock your total personal wealth for the good of you, your community and the world. Through research and expertise in spirituality, theology, human behaviour and psychological safety, she offers solutions for social change. Backed by science, rich in nature, her interdisciplinary and psycho-spiritual approaches are coveted for whole human health. Her highest joy is to help you become more prosperous and to celebrate and honour you and your loved ones in ceremony. Gail lives in her home of Scotland, close to the wilds, in between a sea loch and mountains with her husband James and adopted cat Shadow. I have been wanting to get Gail on the podcast for a long time. She is a dear friend, uh, has been a colleague, mentor and has guided me and my family through several ceremonies uh, over the course of the last few years and she really does walk her talk. So I'm really excited to be speaking to her today about her thoughts around home. And I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Hi Gail, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the pod. My pleasure, I'm very happy to be here. Very, very happy indeed. Great, and as as I was just saying to you, I always, uh, I've wanted to speak to you about this for, a long time and have you as a guest on the pod because you are one of the people I associate with the concept of home and building homey spaces and place being a key part of how you have developed your business and how you continue to grow and how you uh, and how you talk about expansion. I feel like that's a lot of the time that's been connected uh, to place and you've also semi-recently made the shift from being down by the coast in England up to Scotland Um, and I from the outside have witnessed a huge transformation over the course of that time and I'd love to hear more about that from your point of view. Um, So I'm going to ask you a broad question to start uh, if I may which is how do you think your connection to place has impacted your story so far? You know, it's interesting to me. I I feel when I was younger, it was very much about the place, you know, so the, the land or the building or um, the idea of often being somewhere else. <laughs> and and as time has evolved and indeed as I've grown what I would say grown up and grown in. And there's been a lot of that that's happened. And I know we'll, we'll talk about that sort of, um, especially over the last couple of years. I realised that the most important place was me. You know, the re- really that's that that was the trick of the light that I'd sort of been missing. So, and of course, we hear this in lots and lots of different fields and in lots of different environments that, you know, wherever we go, we take ourselves with us. Mm-hmm. So the experience could be in a a bright, shiny, different new land, Um, but it will still be our experience. It's still my experience. And so as I have 
um, lived in many places, um, you know, including living in um, such places as Dubai and longer stints in places like LA, um, a lot of time in England and particularly the, the south of England and London a couple of times. Um, and then, yeah, home to Scotland. I've just I've found, yeah, that sense of place being be more about is the more the more I move into the mansion of myself and I really begin to unpack my boxes and hang the art of myself within myself, then it makes home begin to feel something like, yeah, something that is potentially possible to always be to be with me in real time Mm, mm. that's such a beautiful metaphor of unpacking the boxes of yourself and Mm. um it makes me want to ask when you visualize or when you imagine yourself as a as a home and you talk about a mansion and artwork what does that look like what does it feel like if Mm. you could describe it are we talking Mm you know, a lockside kind of 18th century something or a chateau. I don't know. I've just got these really clear images of some mm. slightly peeling wallpaper and lots of stories. Mm. Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, all of that's welcome. And I think the truth is it is it is all of it, depending upon depending upon the, the day. Um, um, it, you know, there's definitely something that there is always water um, you know, there's definitely always water in the in the vision of what I'm I'm surrounded by, whether that that be loch or sea. And when I speak about the mansion of me, in a way, I don't know if I'm able to quite put my finger on it, but there is a sense of wandering from from room to room. Um, and some days that could be sort of old, crumbling, sort of Sc- Scottish country pile, styly chateau, styly. Other days, there's a sense of it being um, something that leads to a penthouse. So there's there's a differentiation, I think, between sometimes moving across and through ourselves. And indeed, that sort of idea of sometimes moving up and down ourselves as well to get a better view. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like it's really necessary to come into the penthouse of us to have a wee look about. And and then to get that sense again of, um, you know, is it my job, our job in placemaking to come down and convince everybody that the view is fantastic up here? Or actually, is it healthier, kinder, more loving just to let people find the stairs or the lift for, for themselves? Um, and sometimes it's a very, very simple cabin, more often than not, actually, um, which involves, you know, that idea of sort of chopping wood, fetching water. And the, the ease which comes from from that, you know, making fire, cleaning hearth, you know, and there just being a a great simplicity which continues to present itself to me as I as again as I unpack and hang the art. And the art is very much likely to be something that has been made or a letter that's been sent or um a flower that's you know been dried so it's it's become very about the remembering I think of loved experiences and curating those in a really easily accessible way Mm. Mm. there's a that seems like a series of really wonderful journal prompts it's making me want (laughs) to write (laughs) 
build you know my my house what 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 am I, what would i you know how how would i represent myself as a house what would i adorn it with mm-hmm. how would i move through it mm-hmm. um it's a really beautiful abstract and yet very accessible way of thinking about how to access home within yourself thank you for that mm. um i'm going to be thinking about that for a while um, <laughs> <laughs> and i i'd love to know um what made you or or what was the process of kind of following the siren call to Scotland because it all happened it felt like it happened very quickly but I imagine it was a much longer process than that kind of coming to terms with coming home Mm, yeah and there is a coming to terms to coming home that's such a lovely invitation you know there's there's a lot woven into this I I can't tell you a time when I didn't cry leaving Scotland you know, I can't describe a flight that I didn't get on or a train or a car journey where there, was, there wasn't this just complete heartbreaking wrench uh, to which I would arrive to many, many places in the world, you know, which, um, which again, I was, I was living in. But, you know, I had this idea I had bought, purchased and, um, you know, had the lifetime guarantee that for, for growth, it was essential for me to live somewhere that wasn't the land that I was born on. You know, like you have to leave and you have to sort of spread your wings and you have to take root somewhere else. And of course, these things are true. These things are definitely true. And then I also had this other great myth, which was sort of the lie that to come home was to have failed. Uh, you know, and uh, that can be indoctrinated into us as well. So that lived somewhere. And then another great myth was to sort of prove my Scottishness that I must obtain some old country pile that had belonged, you know, to my people at some point in the last 250 years. Um, redo it and reclaim it and make it into some sort of fantastic retreat or bed and breakfast space. And then, then, of course, I would definitely be Scottish. <laughs> um, and, you know, I just began to meet all these p- parts of me that, again, very much the tapestry and, and just ask them, is this true? Mm. You know, is this true? I mean, the truth is, um, the more life I have, the more likely it is very much for me to, um, for, you know, my family and I to um, to take root somewhere deep inland, you know, but still close to water that is very cabin-esque in a, in a way that, again, has that sort of trop- would bring water, live with the land symbiotically. And so then there came a point where um, I couldn't, there's a fuller version of this, I think, which which comes partly to the archetypal journey and partly also to the crossing threshold journey where I just felt I couldn't take another step in my life as it was. You know, I think I was moving closer towards turning 40. Things were perhaps not quite um, as love-filled or as ease-filled as I had hoped they would be, you know, at that time. I was still living metaphorically and not even in the back bedroom of the mansion of me but I, I think I was in the cupboard possibly out the other side in Narnia somewhere like you know hanging out with Mr Tumnus being like what is this idea of home and him being like well you're not going to find it here love you know? <laughs> you've overshot it yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Like, you're welcome here anytime truly you are yeah the land of myth and fantasy is absolutely your home too but to be in your body to inhabit oneself fully you know what what might that be like what might that be like 
um, you know, and that, that continues to be a thread that I'm um, following. So when the call came, it, um, it did appear to me as a call, as if the land had called me home. And then, you know, that meant making some changes and, and speaking in particular, you know, to my husband and saying, um, I have to go home. Like, I have to go now. And, um, and, I, and even when I was saying that, the immediacy of it was, was, was so strong. And, and yet I was sort of agreeing to walk across a bridge probably of about 12 to 18 months. Mm. Um, but as is often the way when we dream aloud and we bring other people into that dream, things quicken and there is the, the quickening. And certainly that was, that was what happened. So in the, um, I think in the July of 2019, you know, my husband and I, we found ourselves in Scotland viewing properties um, and there had been steps towards designing what we thought that would look like and feel like and be like. And one of those things included my asking our, our then house to find our new house you know, and to speak to the roots of the land because all land is connected, even if we can't quite fathom it. Um, and you know, we made a we made a kind of dream map of all the things that we might like, including great and funny community and people with a willingness for friendship and a space that would allow us to land softly. That became very important too. And so there was all sorts of yeah, I suppose feeling states that were required as part of that transition. Mm. Um, and so then in, in that summer, we, we arrived to what is now home. And as soon as we drove up, you know, a kind of very potholed, grassy, overgrown, you know, kind of private road and up to this house um, that just even in its sort of current state, which is to say she's both magnificent and could probably do with a wee lick of paint. Mm -hmm. um, it just really felt like we knew, we both knew, like this is, this is our, this is ours. This, we live here now, you know, we live here now. Um, and we did sort of, you know, in a way we did the opposite of what happens when you can move down south or to somewhere where um, the economic turnover is different. It appeared that, um, for about a quarter of what we were investing to live in the southeast, it would enable us to live um, a very, very different life. You know, a very, a much richer life in in terms of so, so many prosperous elements. Um, you know, peace of mind, vibrant health, more harmony, more creativity, and again, that sense of what is it to belong. Um, and then indeed so that we ended up, um, you know, with two properties for a wee while because, um, you know, the, the, that was fine. Um, and then thinking we might move in December, I think by, by the end of October, you know, we're sort of on our load with, um, you know, on our way with the first sort of van load of, of bits and bobs. And by November, I was certainly here. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, there was a wee bit of a crossover um, for James, my husband, as he sort of tended to what needed to be tended to um, most of which being people sort of saying oh my god what a fantastic thing you're doing you know it was so extraordinary we had prepared to be met with um, walls but in fact we were met with very loving riverbanks that allowed us both to to move freely mm. um, and that's the great thing about that when we move things move yeah yeah and I, I, I do think when you make moves like you have that are so 
so in integrity and so and just feels so right mm. actually others it, it opens up that opportunity for others to see that for themselves as well and go well if I'm really honest with myself where do I want to be because yeah, yeah. a lot of the time it might not be in the southeast or you know it might not be in london you know it's like what you know it it forces you in a way to question you know well why am i here am i here for convenience am i here because this is where other people think i should be do i think that this is the only place i can make any money um i think that's a big thing particularly if you as someone who grew up in the southeast um you know, and I'm still sort of not quite southeast. I've gone, gone up a bit, you know, <laughs> with, with a goal to keep climbing eventually. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a strange thing to go, well, what happens when I leave this extremely prosperous bubble? Mm. Um, and so to witness others do that and, and live a very prosperous life in a, in a different way mm. um, is very inspiring. And I, I think it's important for people to see that. And it doesn't surprise me at all that you were met with um, a lot of people going, wow, that sounds absolutely great. You know, what can I do to help? Because um, yeah, it sort of embodies or it, 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 it showcases, a, I think, a fantasy that a lot of people have that they wouldn't necessarily speak into existence in the way that you did. Mm. so yeah that's uh yeah I find it so 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 interesting and um when my James and I were lucky enough to come up and visit you whatever feel, which feels like both last week and 18 months ago <laughs> um you had me absolutely howling with stories of dancing and wild swimming with your community um so I would love for you to share some uh, some anecdotes potentially about how you found your community when you arrived in your new place. Oh my gosh, that would be that would be my my pleasure. And you know, it it took us to an age demographic, which I think can often be overlooked by. And in this context, I will refer to myself as younger folk because compared to the vast majority of my community in the West, I'm Scotland. <laughs> I'm just a wee baby. <laughs> <laughs> which is both um which is which is totally delightful and and charming um but you know it was interesting we have to go back a wee bit I think before I inform that which is which is to say you know I think one of the, the calls and the polls of of certain places in the world is that especially say that um London is that you know you think you'll live there and you'll, you'll do all these incredible magical things because there's so much on offer museums galleries theatre mm. restaurants um you know, adventures. And certainly what happened for me was that I sort of got on this weird treadmill of, of having to work to sort of um, invest in this lifestyle, which I then didn't, <clears throat> excuse me, want any part of because it would be sort of weekends would be full of tourists and busyness. And, um, you know, that was, mm. that wasn't how I wanted to spend my time. Mm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So then, you know, taking more to the garden and taking more to um, you know sort of closer to home experiences it just began to dawn on me that actually that could be anywhere you know that that could be achieved or or be experienced anywhere um, and you know and in my archetypal maiden years as a 20 something and a 30 something you know going out and um, 
uh, you know, having loads of fun and partying and having huge parties and huge soirees and gatherings was 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 absolutely part of, of my existence in tapestry. And then over time and certainly moving to Scotland, actually, it was about being in and out of, you know, it was about being in the land. It was being about being on the land. It was about visiting all that there is to visit. And, you know, because our our laws up here essentially allow anyone to wander anywhere, which is absolutely wonderful. Um, then there is so much that, you know, you have access to that you, you might not usually. So so how to see that land with people that know it and know it well. Um, and that led to um, that led to basically a walking community. So the, the Ramblers Association, you know, where the average age of folk is, is about 72. Mm -hmm. um, and that's wonderful. And um, so we just, you know, we just began to do that, to, you know, to literally to pack a packed lunch and then to go out on these, you know, day long walks that which take in Munro's and Ben's, um, you know, which are lovely hilly, hilly mountains and things like that of varying degrees of, of ease or difficulty. You know, we had wonderful conversations about um, crampons, which when they would be needed for ice walking, um, <laughs> you know, and there was just all this like, oh my gosh, it was very exciting from a geek point of view that there might be new kit that involved, you know, yeah, sort of pickaxes and things like that. You know, it was just brilliant. Um, and of course, the community were very warming because, you know, we know from an elder perspective of many traditions and rituals that if young people aren't coming through, stories and pathways are lost. You know, there will there will be certain people in the next few years in our community who will pass um, and not all their knowledge might have been transferred to another another guide. There will be walkways, there will be old um, old places and spaces which you know which too will return to the land and will you know return to the to the great mother um, within that community that also led us to this wonderful sort of Tuesday morning um, um, sort of coffee club where uh, again the the walkers had convinced a local restaurant basically that when they were doing their ordering uh, they ought to let this these this group of about 30 folk in for you know kind of that pay individually by the way for single cappuccinos <laughs> you know in cash um you know that they're about what's well, so about one pound 80 per person or something like that you know and it was just this fantastic you're like you're like this is great you know the chef's doing the order and somebody else is doing the books and again all the knowledge and of course what you realize when you do sit at a table of elders and particularly in the west of Scotland and particularly this um, this clan as I might think of them, the knowledge and the wisdom and the wealth and the prosperity is extraordinary. So they all have multiple homes in a variety of places. You know, they all have, they all walk all summer um, and they ski or snowboard all winter or they go hiking in the winter in somewhere that someone owns a home. They all have adult children. Um, who I would say predominantly um, are engaged in the sciences or certainly engineering, because of course for Scotland, um, you know, that is engineering is enormous in terms of where people are and what they do. Mm. And so, um, and there's also, you know, there was fun, enormously just fantastic people, jewellery makers, artists, um, a woman who was one of the first um, women uh, neurosurgeons. So you're just sitting amongst this, you know, fantastic, fantastic group of people um, with them looking back at us, uh, uh, you know, sort of it, engaging with us as as being as prosperous as as them, because you know, if you're having a cup of coffee on a on a Tuesday morning, then I think we just thought we were retired. Mm 
yeah. a while. <laughs> uh, you know, because James took a couple of months off, you know, whilst, whilst mm. we sort of moved around and sussed out what we wanted to do. And there is a prosperousness to that, absolutely. And, mm. and because obviously my work allows me a lot of flexibility, then, then that happened too. Um, added to that, we also joined the, the local Scottish Country Dancing Club, which, you know, if nobody's done that, and um, it is, without a shadow of a doubt, one of the most energetic experiences you have in your life, and your calves will hurt for days, for days and days and days. Um, um, and again, brilliant community. And, and what was happening in, in there, um, there are a variety of faith places, temples, churches, you know, um, Church of Scotland, Church of England, um, and everything that wraps around that. And actually, people were fascinated at the idea of interfaith ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, people were saying, my gosh, there's such a need for that. You know, there's such a place for all of it sitting somewhere. Um and then again, of course, you know, traditions being passed on and there's no better place than Scottish country dancing to be absolutely terrible at something. And so we would go to lessons and we would go to balls, um, which, you know, you've got 200 people flying around an enormous room with a full Cayley band in absolute full swing. Um, you know, and given again the average demographic, you, know, you get a lovely wee tea break with sandwiches and cakes at about half eight <laughs> in the evening. Um, having brought your own cup, I might add, very important, these wee rules of engagement that there are as well. Um, And that has just led to um, moving then into um, uh, certainly what I referred to as independent retreat or the immunity boosting opportunities that we've had over recent months. Although the physical gatherings paused, the e- email gatherings um, took up uh, a love of their own and there was poetry that was being shared and continues to be shared. There were stories and books and pathways dreamt that would be walked again. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that is possible when you are you are sort of someone who, for me, really does live with the land. Mm-hmm. that you know that you know the land is church and you're outdoors in it and you're living it and embracing it and um um those and other communities like them have just yeah led to a, a very very full arrival and a place of um um of total integration and interestingly only now and where are we maybe 18 months or something like that Um, because we find ourselves back at movement classes um, are we now sort of meeting um, probably quite a young like I say younger at our age or a wee bit younger um, Mm -hmm. sort of CrossFit and wellness crew who are right at the other end of the spectrum who are possibly just um, beginning you know to experience what prosperity has meaning for them so it's a yeah it's a it's a just it's a lovely it's a lovely party to be to be part of yeah it's it's interesting that you use the word party as well because that as you were talking and I'm thinking about these Kayleys and these balls and even these you know tea sessions and on a Tuesday morning there's so much joy in all of it it's really really simple joy and um that's certainly that's certainly always been my experience of Kayleys Kayleys are my favorite thing in the whole world and uh I'll never forget as a little girl going to my first Kaylee and the confidence of mm. being flung around I had no idea obviously had no idea what I was doing and I just remember this you know random stranger it was a Burns night celebration 
at our local like vineyard down mm-hmm. south and uh there was a you know this random stranger in a kilt who clearly was Scottish himself not because he was wearing a kilt but because he had a really excellent Glaswegian accent and uh, he he picked me up my both feet were off the floor <laughs> and he picked me up and swung me around and was like don't worry you'll get it you'll get it and it's just mm-hmm. the, the, the oxytocin release is like nothing I've ever experienced mm-hmm. I just think you know you step into a Kaylee not knowing anyone and you mm-hmm. come out with a new group of friends and mm-hmm. it over the course of a three minute song you know it's uh, it can really be that quick and it's why they're so powerful at weddings I think mm. as a way of bringing particularly if you have any Scottish heritage as a way of bringing that in um mm. I think it's all very surprising that even your most sort of buttoned up friends you can throw them into a Kaylee and they'll come out you know grinning from ear to ear having met all of your friends in one go because they've been swinging each other around you know mm. it is it's like a it's it's like a whirlwind that totally it's just all bets are off I think mm-hmm. you know all social bets are off when you join when you join a Kaylee and it's uh when you then combine that with this sort of intergenerational wisdom that you're talking about it's just mm-hmm. it sounds like a lot of fun mm, it is it is and you know I think what you're you're meeting there when you're I mean there absolutely is joy and and again, thinking um, you know about a Kaylee and indeed those traditions which might which might come into celebration and, and ceremony more often is, um, you know, Scots have a, a huge tradition of both storytelling and also utter abandonment of who you think you're supposed to be in in the world, and that for me has been um, has been part of the sobering up actually from living. Um, in the south of England in, in particular, you know, but as, as a Scot, there has and there continues to be a decloaking and a devailing, um, you know, that, that happens, which is, which is born from, from, you know, generations of, of systemic intervention and politicising and, um, you, know, you know, many, many a person trying to battle for Scotland's freedom and these sorts of things. But, but there, I think the, the difference here is this extraordinary, um, you know, kind of acceptance as, to, as to, who, to who folk are, you know, so and to come and dance. And, um, you know, if we were looking at it, my goodness, from a coaching or from a ministry point of view, occasionally you're being invited to do all sorts of things. You're being invited to, uh, you know, to trust. You're being invited to follow. You're being invited to give up the idea of anything being perfect. You're really being invited to make mistakes and to laugh your head off at it because everybody else is. They don't care. Mm. And they've forgotten the second it's happened. And there's a real childlike playfulness that's in that as well. And there is... um there's a there's a great joy of a dance that also isn't sexualized and so there's a total freedom and skirts and kilts will fly alike you know it's we bums will be noticed you know it's the all these things that happen and there is there's a there's a huge freedom and there's a freedom you know as a Scot because those things were what we were destroyed for for a long time Kayleys and Scottish country dancing were banned tartan was basically you know you would be murdered on sight if you were if you were seen wearing the cloth of your family gaelic you know continues to try to claw its way back um but we've just had the last gaelic speaking church in glasgow actually close after 280 years um which is which is a huge sadness you know which is a huge sadness but again last you know the last 
recent months have have affected it and and the dialect isn't an easy one mm. so um so I understand that too but again there is this invitation to um and you know this might this might be a step too far but but certainly from my point of view again with with Kayleigh's there is something about we're invited to give up the idea the concept of with that we have constructed as to what we think we are or who we think we are or how we ought to behave um, and to move into a prosperous place of in full embodiment and inhabiting ourselves in that moment because you can only be in the moment otherwise you know you'll end you'll end up in the wrong place so you, you have to go you have to move you have to go with it and um, you have to go around the circle and then sort of be spat out the other side and whereas you were like oh I'm only going to do one of those reels you're like some so before you can even sit back down or look away a, another lovely person and um, you know will have come up and said oh you know can I can I have this dance? Can I lead you through this? You know, to which you'll just say things like, I am terrible. And they'll be like, I know, but isn't that the best bit? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's asking you to be different, you know, and that's, there's an enormous gift and there's enormous tenderness, mm. you know, in that too, as you move into, again, from a prosperous point of view, as you, as you move into unlocking other examples of harmonious relationships and what they might look or feel like for for yourself mm, mm. and there's a there's a commitment to participation mm -hmm. that, that is that is really powerful you you go in thinking that you're not going to know what you're doing and you're going to make a fool of yourself and so on and you come out feeling as though you can achieve anything yes. <laughs> with a new friend yes. <laughs> oh maybe maybe this is what prosperity looks like in this moment in this evening in this, mm -hmm. in this space you know mm -hmm. and we I mean prosperity has been the golden thread that sort of connected all of these conversations and so I want to ask you more directly how you think um how your move and how your connection to place has impacted developed your work around prosperity because it is so much of a focus of what you do now and that seems to have kind of developed over the last couple of years I would say mm -hmm. oh absolutely I will it's it's now it is really only about prosperity you know and and again what that means for for each of for each of us because prosperity is different things um, what I will share is, is for me, there, there are pillars within prosperity that when I really began to, again, reflect on that, if I can't take another step in this life that I am living, what are the steps that I might like to take? Where, where you know, where do I feel things may perhaps come into more balance? And so those pillars became peace of mind. Do I have it? Or how much of it do I have? What's interrupting it? what's encouraging it, what's supporting it. Similarly with vibrant health, um, you know, how, what does that feel like in me? Where is that showing up? Harmonious relationships, first and foremost, you know, to myself, again, within myself, how I inhabit myself, you know, am I in a harmonious relationship with myself? Not always. Mm. Not always. And that there can be grief to that when we, when we meet that, you know, and there can be a realization that perhaps you know oh I could date myself I could get to know myself I could I could release perhaps dance the concepts the constructs 
of who I have thought myself to be when in particular environments or spaces. Um, you know, then there is creativity, you know, there is creativity. And, um, you know, what do I, what do I do? You know, what do I do to spend good time with my creativity? How does, how does that show up? Um, and then indeed financial plenty, you know, being the fifth pillar, not the first. I think that's really important. People, you know, what I met and certainly what I admit, you know, working as a, as a producer and, and working in fashion and working in all sorts of different environments was this idea that, you know, if we've got the things, as I call them, the wealth markers. And I, and I would add here, it's really important to say modern wealth markers. Mm. Um, there are funny conversations about things that we might consider as old money and new money and all these sorts of things. But financial plenty, which has meaning for you, is, is what's important. Mm. And so then I began again to consider not necessarily being able to to be interested in what were once the wealth markers or the markers of prosperity that might have been so for the idea of who I thought I was or how I was behaving. And that brought me to meet prosperity. And it really was a meeting. I really felt as if the um, perhaps the entity or the energy or, um, you know, that which cannot be named or sometimes in um you know, in behavioral sciences, we refer to it as the third space, you know, that which is being created both between you and I, sometimes I do call it the cauldron as well, you know, the cauldron, um, which can be both from a, a, you know, a craft point of view, but indeed also from um, a, another engineering point of view, you know, cauldrons are used in industrialism all over the world. And this idea um, also perhaps, um you know, we see it in the in a bread starter. Every every mother, as it's referred to, will be different because of the environment that it is in. The air is different. You know that which is in, um, yeah, the cauldron, the space is different. So we are we are enabled to, we are enabled and often invited, knowingly or unknowingly, to allow the influence of that third space, that space of mystery, that cauldron, to influence us just as we are influencing it and so that to me felt that the veil of prosperity lifted itself and again in that what I would deem as a patriarchal path you know I suddenly realized that so many mountains climbed and so many tops of ladders reached and yet still experiencing dissatisfaction and dis-ease um, and so what would it be like to unlock because keys have always been something of great interest to me. And indeed, we always have keys, do we not? And that was something I'd felt as we had dreamt our new home in Scotland into place. I had felt someone putting a bundle of keys in my hand. I had sensed it and I'd wrapped my fingers very lightly. I think that's important to say around them. And so, I, yeah, I began to wonder, my goodness, you know, having moved through so many different um spaces and places what would it be like what would it be like to unlock prosperity for myself what would it be like to begin to then model that as opposed to mirroring what one might think of as the as you know the wealth identifiers but what would it be like to model prosperity that really began from a place of inhabiting myself more fully, that really began as a place of crossing a threshold from archetypal maiden into archetypal cherishing mother or self-sourced person or wealthy wise woman. As I begin to 
to think of it even more now. Um, and, you know, that moved from a lot of post-it notes on a notebook on a floor, then into a first um, course at the, at really actually at the, quite at the start of, um, of, where are we, 2020, so, you know, February, March, um, you know, and, and that being a series of invitations that went out to people who all said yes, and they became the first unlockers. And interestingly, quite a few of them now live in Scotland, which is really <laughs> lovely. <laughs> Um, and then that went through, you know, to a second um, um, fuller course uh, where more people, predominantly people that identify as women, come in to unlock the prosperity. Again, through these different pillars, you know, my peace of mind is interrupted. I'm not experiencing harmony. Mm -hmm. uh, my vibrant health is, I don't know what that, what the hell is that? You know, what is that? And equally, or people having loads of health, financial plenty, maybe not being in place, but they're, but they're muse absolutely being like hey here's the idea that you keep asking for but they didn't know how to meet it or hear it equally as can often be the way you know people with a lot of financial freedom um just yeah really feeling ill at ease not feeling at home also not being able to take another step you know in the in the life that they were living and so this is this is the work you know, this is the work, it's to continue to create these spaces with lots of entrances and exits for people to be able to come and go, um, to begin to understand that there are both mystical and very modern teachings and tools around unlocking our prosperity and, and that there is, there is a beginning of research within that, you know, we know that what happens when we put more money, particularly in the hands of people that identify as being women, that the world changes, mm. that the world changes. And that has become incredibly important to me to continue to as myself and to invite many, many other women to inhabit this archetype of the wealthy, wise woman, the one, a woman that is self-sourced from inside who who is no longer at the well of herself with a teacup or a teaspoon, but is absolutely using buckets to soak herself and her world around her. Um, and it's very interesting as this continues to move and, and prosperity um, comes to us in many ways, comes to us in, in many, many ways. And again, it's about identifying what that is for you as an individual and then indeed understanding how as you unlock more of your prosperity it is for the good of you and it is for the good of your community and it absolutely is for the good of the world as well yeah. thank you for sharing that expanded definition of wealth I think we we don't hear enough of that you know mm -hmm. I think sometimes wealth can be put into a into a very you know it, it becomes about numbers and and it's just it's it's so much wider than that and I suppose I'm, I'm interested to ask, do you find with the people who sort of join your prosperity courses, does one pillar tend to unlock another? I, there's a movement between pillars that happens where there's kind of a domino effect, where as soon as, as soon as someone gets the sense of what's possible in one pillar, that it opens up the opportunity for those other pillars as well. What, how, how do you see those, um, those movements and those unlockings happening? Mm, yes, absolutely. I mean, it is, it's interesting. I use the word pillars and, and yet the more I use that, it becomes apparent to me that it is a spiral. <laughs> and if, in fact, if not more so a web, 
you know, a web where we we feel these tender, um, you know, vibrations in us uh, that we we that if we haven't been invited to spend time listening to those tender vibrations, which we also might refer to as instinct mm -hmm. or intuition or, you know, the knowing, that when we unlock our, our faith in those being, I might use the word, um, well, valuable enough to listen to, you know, valuable enough to listen to, you know, one of the great shifts I see in a lot of clients and community is when they are asked the question after they've sort of moved through the teachings, they will take a, a moment to pause and they'll say, hang on, you know, and they're really what I, I would use the language tune in. And what does that mean? That means just to take a wee breath and think, okay, well, my head just shouted right out loud. So the head, the cognitive, the conceptual part of me is speaking, but you know, then there's an opportunity to move into that second center the heart, you know, to ask, what do I feel? You know, what do I feel about this? And then to move into the lesser known um, hara, which is, you know, in the gut of us. It's, and that's, what do I know? So, you know, what do I think? What do I feel? What do I know? And then, of course, when you have those questions, and for me, what's becoming more and more apparent in life, that to unlock even more prosperity is really just a trick of asking better and better questions. <laughs> And then, you know, those asking better questions and us working simultaneously with the with the knowledge that lives within us, both lived and influenced from within us and around us. This absolutely allows us to think, well, you know, if I'm spending some time with my creativity today, I wonder, I wonder what will happen. Now, I see this all the time in entrepreneurs is that they give themselves the space to then meet the idea that they can absolutely take forward, which will be remunerated financially, mm. as opposed to, oh, well, how much money do I need? Um, let me think where I'm going to get that from. Mm, let creativity be the thing that leads it first, you know, let creativity be it. And, you know, what's it like to um, meet myself as if for the first time every time in any mirror or reflection or, you know, in the eyes of someone else? Mm. My gosh, you know, I can meet myself. I can meet that inner child archetype. I can meet that inner teenager archetype. I can just meet them. You know, you'll notice I'm not saying things like we're very focused on removing judgment or unworthy this those things are there but the focus again is on um it's on the dreaming mm. and, you know again just as just as I have exampled many many times in my life so, you know my clients become extraordinary dreamers which means they become extraordinary weavers which means they're picking up the threads mm. and then they're beginning to consciously design a life full of prosperity which has meaning for them and more often than not and especially with women the greatest gift that they can receive as part of unlocking their fuller prosperity is the capacity for more time and that includes wonderful things like as I've been talking about a wee bit on social media and bringing a professional oven cleaner in getting the car valeted you know people think these aren't well this is total personal wealth total personal wealth mm. you know a cleaner possibly coming in once a month something like that you yeah. know it's like listen you can put you can put money where we can put money in financial plenty you know where, wherever we want wherever we want and those can be things and things are beautiful for sure 
you know, my invitation these days is to put, put your financial plenty where your transformation is mm. and see what happens there. I will be your guide and your way sure. I can't do it for you because I can, I'm not in your heart. Mm. I can hold your heart. You know, E.E. E. Cummings invites us to do that. You know, I carry your heart in mine for sure. But at the same time, there is this, there is this glory that can be unlocked about when to be self-sourced is to know your yeses and your noes. Mm. You know, mm. to be to be a really rich woman is to is to want to, is to know who you want to spend your time with. You know, to, to unlock total personal wealth is to is to also give, is to give and to know where to send resource, time, peace, love, compassion, generosity, a willingness. And it's also to know that, you know, we have all predominantly as women lived lives that patriarchy has asked us to live. And instead of, you know, and, and no right or wrong to this either, you know, we can we can burn it all or actually we can just walk away. We can just walk away and we can walk towards the mansion of us and mm. we can say, my God, I know where to hang that painting now. Ah, where's that book? That book, that I love that writer. She was great. She brought great peace to me. I'm going to read that to the kids. I'm going to share that with my lover. Mm. You know, I'm going to, where the bloody hell do I get my car clean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. You know, this is the great rebellion. You know, this is the great rebellion. This is, this is the allowing ourselves, you know, what I do is I create, you know, I create environments for you to thrive in a way that has meaning for you, you know, and that includes courses, which are both self-directed learning and are indeed spending time with me. I am your riverbank. I am your riverbank. You know, I'm not your river, you know, and it's so beautiful to understand that both from my place, you know, as, as a teacher and a guide and a wayshower and a weaver, but also from your place as the client or the community or the person that is like, oh my God, I don't have to do this alone. Yeah. You know? There's, a, there's a, a clarity and a generosity with that offering. And I mean, even the, you know, the metaphor of the riverbank, it's, it's so clear um, yeah. and it's so connected you know it feels rooted and grounded but also has this huge potential for movement and potential and mm. and transformation as you say and uh and just thank you for that there's there's so much richness and depth in what you've just said that it's it's going to take some unpacking and uh, mm -hmm. I think this will be one of those podcasts that people will have to listen to more than once to really <laughs> you know, absorb it all. um that will certainly be the case for me um and I want to be incredibly respectful of your time, but I do have one final question, which is that I ask everyone, um, which is what does home mean to you? Mm. What does home mean to you? Well, you know, right now, this conversation is home. And I think the great gift is knowing that when, when we're in, we're in. Mm. You know, when we've moved in, we've moved in. And that means no matter where we are, that too is home. That too is home. Thank you, Gail Loveshock, mm. for your huge integrity and wisdom and guidance and time. Um, I'm ever so grateful that you were able to speak to me today. And uh, I am going away feeling like a wealthy, wise woman as a result of this conversation. And I hope that our listeners are as well. 
I don't know about you, but I think I am going to be reflecting on that conversation for a long time. Um, As I said to Gail, I think it's going to be one of those conversations that I have to listen to more than once um, and keep returning to, which is the joy of this format, is that we can do that and keep returning to the wisdom and the richness of these conversations. I always find I leave conversations with Gail feeling full and light at the same time (laughs) and I hope that that's how you're feeling as well. I want to thank Gail for her time. As always it's it's a huge honour really for people to give up their time to speak on this podcast. Time is precious especially time on Zoom so um, I'm incredibly grateful. I'll be thinking about that metaphor of yourself as a as a home and, and as a house and what what that can look like and doing some journaling I think this evening on on what that could look like and I invite you to do the same. If you would like to see and hear and experience more of Gail uh, you can find her website is gaillovesshock.com. She is also on Instagram at gail underscore loveshock and I highly, highly recommend signing up to her newsletter, Something for Your Heart, which comes out once a week on a Friday morning, and they're absolutely beautiful. Um, She also runs a membership called The Alliance, a community of people who are seeking to unlock prosperity in every aspect of their lives. Um, So do look into that if that sounds like something that you would be interested in. Equally, if you've enjoyed this episode, I'd be incredibly grateful if you could share it with a friend, uh, rate it if you can, and leave a nice review if you're feeling generous. They really do make a big difference to getting the podcast heard by a lot of people, and I do a little dance every time we get a new review. You can find me also on Instagram at amymeadowsuk or online amymeadows.co. And thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. This concludes series two of Is This Seat Taken? And I look forward to creating and curating series three very, very soon.